Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. In uh, German, uh, there's an expression, man ist, was er ist, which means, uh, it's a pun, that in English it's translated, you are what you eat. But in German, ist, I-S-T, means are, and ist, I-S-T, means eat. So you eat what you eat, you are what you are, you eat what you are, you are what you eat. And we translate it into, you are what you eat. So the, the point being that essentially, that which you put into your being is what you become. Um, let's take that a few steps further. We are the entire amalgam of our cognition. We become what we think we are. Now, which makes it very, very important that you're aware of what you think you are. Because if you don't know what you think you are, if you don't know what you think, if you are not aware of your imaginations about yourself, you may be becoming something that you don't necessarily want to become. You've been given an active part in what happens to you. And you take an active role in what happens to you. So depending on what you think you are has a lot to do with what you are. Now, do we really know what we think we are? Are we aware of the driving forces deep inside of us that create what we think we are. Now, the Kalima says, La ilaha illallah. Nothing exists but God. Uh, the Hebrew version is Aroshem Eloheinu Aroshem Echod. God is God, God is one. Essentially the same meaning. The second commandment is you shall create no graven images. There shall be no idols. Now, let's understand what idols are. If God is all that exists, what are idols? Non-existence. So if you worship something other than God, what are you worshiping? Non-existence. Therefore, why did God tell you not to have idols? To save your soul from non-existence. Because you are creating, 
your own non-existence. You're dooming your being. You shall have no graven images before me. What is the existence of images? They don't exist. When you walk into a holy place, you're not supposed to have images. Why? Because you're not supposed to be involved with things that don't exist. If images don't exist, if you're giving your attention to images, you're worshiping what doesn't exist, you're creating your own non-existence through the creation of idols. Therefore, you shall have no graven images. You shall have no imaginations. If your imagination begins to run amok, to run crazy, with all kinds of thoughts and ideas, what happens to you if you pay attention to them, if you associate with them, if you see yourself as them? You force non-existence on yourself. So, we have this situation that we're in, and we're constantly in between the world of illusion and the world of reality. And we have to choose where we want to be. Do we want to be an illusion, or do we want to be in reality? And if we choose idols, we choose illusion. If we choose non-form, we're choosing reality. So we have to be very careful about the way we walk through the world and the things that we pick up as we walk through the world. The more that we pick up, the more that we hold sacred, the more that we treasure the things of the world, the more we put ourselves into the world of illusion and the more we disappear from reality. The more we let go of these things, the more we are able to disassociate ourselves from idols, from images, from treasures, from desires, the more we begin to appear in reality. That's why the holy places are supposed to be empty of images. And that's why the holy places are empty of images, for the most part. There are certain religions who haven't taken uh, these commandments and made them real unto themselves. They've sort of altered uh, the way they, uh, they exist. So, when Allah gave these instructions, these instructions were not the way they're being used right now to say, I belong to this religion or I belong to that religion. They were given as an instruction for your own being to allow you to either stay in illusion or enter reality.
Now, Bauer said uh, often to the world, make believe that you believe in it, but don't believe in it. Believe in God. Since we function in the world and in this temporary manifestation, we have duties and we have to get along. We have to give our obeisance externally to the world. We can't deny it publicly. We can't thumb our nose at it publicly. We have to pay it the respect that it's due because it does support this temporary housing. It supports this body. It supports us as we travel through this phase. And we have to travel through this phase. So we have an indebtedness to the world for supporting us in this phase. And we always have to pay respect to that which we're indebted to. So, we don't let the world know we don't believe in it. But, we don't believe in it. And we have to have a sanctuary that we go to where the truth exists for us. And our attachment to this external form can't be our reality. Our reality has to be something else. And that reality is based in our understanding that imaginations, images, the things that we see are all temporary and illusory and disappear. And that what we hold on to is different than that. And we give our allegiance not to the temporary, but to the eternal. Now, what the world has done is it's taken all of these commandments and made them into religious rituals, into words that we say. It hasn't taken them, it, it, it isn't demanding of us that we make them our being, that we become these words, that we become these understanding. You can't just mouth words and expect to understand what they mean. In order to get to the point of understanding something, you have to become that something. And when it deals with spirituality, that becoming is not a costume, it's not a name, it's not a title, it's not a religion. It's the qualities that belong to God. And those can't be weighed, they can't be measured, they can't be given a formula that defines them. Interestingly enough, they can be seen, but they're seen through the actions that are driven by them. Because you can see when someone is performing mercy. You can't see the mercy, but you can see the performance of mercy. 
You can see the performance of compassion. You can see the performance of love. You can see the performance of the actions that are divine, even though you can't see them. But you know they're there. And you know that that's what, be, what is behind everything that's appropriate. So we have to understand how to see what's behind. This is a screen. The world is very similar to the cinema. It's just light that's reflecting. And we watch that. But that's not what is creating the cinema. The cinema's coming through a projector and through a whole lot of other things. In the same way, this existence is like a screen. And something else is driving it. And we need to understand that driving force. We have to come in touch with that driving force. We have to become part of that driving force. And when that begins to occur, our relationship with the illusory world changes. And when that change occurs, we change. And then when someone comes into contact with people who've gone through that change, then those people looking at that changed person will be able to see mercy in action, will be able to see compassion in action, will be able to see love in action. Because the imaginations of who we are are gone. The driving desires that we used to have are gone because now we're in touch with reality. And God doesn't need anything. God doesn't need treasures. God doesn't have desires. God isn't interested in titles. God doesn't need monuments. Everything is His and He is in repose. He is in contentment. He is in peace. And when those changes come for us, we will be in peace. And as the world swirls around us, we'll continue to be in peace. We'll continue to be in repose. We'll continue to be at ease because we are not subject to the ups and downs, the whims and caprices that are the world. We're not subject to the birth and death that is the world. We're not subject to the hurricanes and the tremors and the eruptions and the volcanoes that is the world. We're not subject to the wars and the conflagrations that are the world. We're not subject to the animosities and the hatreds and the caste systems and the bloodlusts that are the world. We are not subject to them because we don't carry them. We've dropped them somewhere. We've dropped them when we've decided to enter reality and leave illusion. You don't fight about things you don't care about. You don't fight about things you're not attached to. 
You don't get annoyed by things that have no meaning to you. It's if they were speaking a foreign language. And when people curse you in a foreign language, you have no idea what they're saying. The world needs to be like that for us. Even though we understand the language. We have to lose the attachment to it. We have to lose the reaction to it. We have to stop worshiping idols. We have to stop becoming idols. So, become God or become idols. That's the choice. Become God or become idols. And God says, have no idols. Why? Because he's all that exists. So become real in him or disappear in illusion. It's like when the screen has a picture and the picture begins to fade. That's where we are. We're either going to fade or we're going to enter into reality. This is the choice that's been placed before us. And we have to understand it in that way. This is the path to enlightenment, to entering the light. The light doesn't carry weight. The light isn't going to pick anything up. The light doesn't take anything with it. The light isn't heavy. It's light. We need to become light. And you can't be light with burdens. So the burdens have to be dropped. And how do you drop the burdens? By giving them all away. By allowing God to take all of them. And he's ready to take them. Because he can handle them. You can't. We can't. But he can. So as we give them up, we become lightened. And we begin to enter the light. And enlightenment comes. So may that path be open to us in a clear way. Maybe we, may we become aware of it so that we see reality. We don't just talk about reality. Because talk doesn't mean anything. These things can't be described in words anyway. They can only be described if you feel them through the senses that are greater than the senses that we know, through the senses inside our senses, through the eyes behind the eyes, inside the eyes, through the ears inside the ears. You need to go to another level of understanding. And when you get to that level, these things become real and you become in touch with them. May that become our way. And may the gift of that kind of understanding be given to each of us so that reality becomes our home. Amen. Amen. Ya Rabbi Lalami. Question. Yes. Yeah.